you cannot shoot yourself in the foot because this could very well turn into a way different game. No matter how the matchups look on paper, this could turn into a way different game just because it's a division game. I know it, you know, the Broncos country is going to show up, but it is in Los Angeles. I mean, they, we have to limit the self-inflicted wounds. We really thought we had a good chance last week and look how it turned out because of the three turnovers. So Broncos, they have to play smart this week. And the Broncos dropped to 18th in turnovers per game last week. Just unacceptable. That's not, that's not a statistic you want as a playoff contender. Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-hosts, J-Mac and Jordan Lopez. Back at you with another episode this week, another game preview. The Denver Broncos are taking on the Los Angeles Chargers, another away game for the Denver Broncos in Week 14. It is going to be the 6-6 six and six Denver Broncos at SoFi Stadium at, uh, against the 5-7 and seven Los Angeles Chargers on CBS at 425 Eastern, 225 Mountain Time. Um, great matchup ahead of us, all these division matchups matchups like uh, me, J-Mac, and Peyton talked about in our last episode, they're always a little bit closer than you kind of anticipate. Uh, a lot of uh, you know exciting matchups in the AFC West over the years. Uh, but before we go ahead and jump into uh, today's exciting episode, J-Mac, Jordan, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain. Um, I'm actually kind of kind of very happy based on last night's game. Bailey Zappi got it done. Don't know how, he yes, did sir. It. Don't know how they did it, but they got the job done. So um, I'm doing good. Zip on the ball, Zappy got it done. Now we're looking a little bit better for our playoff chances, but we have to settle our business on a Sunday against the Chargers at a home game, not a away game, a home game. There you go. SoFi Stadium. Broncos fans always showing up. I know Sean Payton's talked a lot about that. I remember he even talked about, like, uh, it was actually, you know, ironically enough, it was the week six game against the Chargers last year in SoFi. He was covering this game on Fox, and he specifically talked about how he was very shocked about how the Broncos fan base was so loyal and traveling across the nation for different games. He talked about how he even, he even straight up said himself, like, he – even though the Broncos don't have a team that he was so shocked that the Broncos country was always showing up for their team. It's, it's pretty special to see. Um, but not a lot of people know the Broncos are winless at SoFi stadium. Uh, so Broncos looking for their uh, first win, not only against the chargers in SoFi, but they also have lost to the Rams at SoFi. Obviously that, that embarrassing showing on a uh, Christmas Eve on a uh, actually, yeah, Christmas, uh, very, very tough, but Broncos 0-5 is so far looking for their first win in that stadium. Very confident in this game. We'll go ahead and tell you guys why through our keys to victory. But first, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the injury report, kind of give you guys an update on what the Broncos and Chargers are looking like for this game health-wise and availability. Um, the Broncos injury report, very, very clean, except Samaje Piran, very shockingly, did show up with a knee injury during Friday's uh, practice after uh, in the afternoon. Um, he showed up with a knee injury. He's going to be questionable for the game after being uh, full practice for two straight days on Wednesday, Thursday. A little bit uh, worrying there. Um, you don't usually see uh, guys pop up with uh, injuries like that this late in the week. So he might not actually go for this game. You might see uh, potentially Tyler Beatty be uh, you know elevated from the practice squad for this game. You never you never know. We still haven't got the news on who's going to be elevated for this game. Um, so you could uh, see Tyler Beatty come up this week. He had a big game last year. Um, not a huge game, but he did have his uh, first career touchdown against the Chargers in Week 18 uh, last year, if you guys remember. And his uh, first career touch was a 24-yard touchdown reception. Um, so maybe he, uh, you know, his next uh, NFL action is a, once again against the Chargers. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see with that. The Chargers injury report. 
Backup tackle Zach Bailey is out. Starting cornerback Dean Leonard is out. And wide receiver Josh Palmer is out. Um, so across the board, both teams fairly healthy, but the Chargers do have a little bit of uh, you know players banged up on both sides of the ball there. So let's go ahead and start uh, jumping into our keys to victory. Boys, how do uh, how do the Broncos take care of it? Like Jay, or excuse me, Jordan said, how do the Broncos take care of business this week? Because this is, I know we can both agree, all three of us can agree, this is a must win. Like I said, the Broncos cannot afford a loss in the division when you're at six and six, and you have teams like you know the Bengals who just got a big win. Um, you got teams like the Colts and Texans who are hot. You can't really let other teams sneak into the playoffs. And then uh, obviously we're hoping that the uh, whoever it is, C.J. Beathard or Trevor Lawrence, takes business against uh, takes care of business against the Browns this Sunday. Um, but we got This is a must-win game. Like I said, uh, Joe Lombardi. Uh, it might be a revenge game for him uh, this Sunday. I know he's not calling plays, but I'm sure this is. Uh, I know me and uh, um, J Mac actually talked about earlier this offseason about you know with this hire. I know he's not going to be calling plays, but the, his experience with the Chargers and knowing that system a little bit. I know Kellen Moore is the OC now, but he's going to be able to give us intel. I know Brandon Staley was telling the media, "Oh yeah, I know. I see similarities with Joe Lombardi in their offense, but we we know similarities with your guys' offense." So, um, looking forward to uh, his little uh, you know uh, revenge game. Just a little tidbit there. Um, also, uh, the Chargers' offense has two touchdowns in the last ten quarters, so pretty favorable matchup for uh, the Broncos' uh, defense this week. But what are some of your guys' uh, keys to victory? as to how the Broncos uh, can improve to 7-6 starting this Sunday? Yeah, I think for this one, I'm going to start on the defense side of the ball. I think um, this is a relatively – I don't, I don't want to say easy because you're going against Justin Herbert, but I think it's a very uh, winnable matchup for us. Quentin Johnson has just been kind of a letdown, so Herbert really has really only been going to a few guys, and that's Keenan Allen, so – Keon's the main guy, Gerald Everett and everything. You know, Mike Williams isn't there. And some news came out. I don't know if a lot of people saw this, but Austin Eckler sounds like he's going to get benched. So that's very huge. Sounds like they he's not been he has not been playing well, been a lot of fumbling and not just the explosiveness. Uh, you can kind of see the loss of speed and burst that he's had over the course of the year. So they've been thinking about getting Josh Kelly involved, which is a huge plus for us. So I, I think you can easily win. I think you can easily stop the Chargers. Um you saw the Patriots holding six points for an entire game. So I'm really liking us in our matchup, especially, you know, we're, we're fully healthy going into this game defensively. Pastor Tan is going to be on Keenan Allen. So they're going to make it hard for Justin Herbert and him to win this game. Um, obviously, you know, you're going to be concerned about us stopping the run. But, I mean, with Eckler getting benched and everything, I'm really liking our chances. So, yeah. Yeah, my first uh, key to victory would be limiting Khalil Mack. Uh, we talked about it before the show. Uh, Khalil Mack is going to be a major problem uh, for this offensive line. He's been balling out this year. And limiting the uh, amount of pressures he gets in this game uh, is probably going to be the determining factor on how we win. That's the only good part going for the defense right now. I know I mentioned early on Twitter today that uh, the Broncos are the worst third-quarter uh, offense in the league. Well, thankfully enough, we are going against a Chargers defense that are that's the fourth worst defense in the second half so we can kind of you know balance those things those things out and just again limiting Khalil Mack and those pressures are going to be key so I'm expecting a big game out of this offensive line to get the win yeah and another thing is like they're and 
you know, those numbers obviously check out because everybody knows that the Chargers are pretty much a joke when it comes to, you know, finishing yeah. out games. They always want possession games. It's almost like you, Brandon Staley, that offense, they know they're going to pretty much lose a game every time. And that's got to probably suck a lot as a fan. I know Broncos fans have dealt with a lot of close games, yep. especially last year. Um, but looking to close it out against a much easier opponent just because of their, like Jordan mentioned, their weaknesses in the second half. Um, I mean, that's just going to make the middle eight a lot, the second half of the middle eight a lot more important uh, in the third quarter taking advantage of that like you said man the offense has just been so underwhelming that third quarter we have to win this game in the third quarter we can't have another on if we let them you know outscore us in the third quarter eh, it's just going to be embarrassing to be honest we got it we got to improve this week in that part um i know jay mac talked a little bit about our run defense and their run game i'm also confident austin eckler last week like you mentioned 14 carries for 18 yards i've been calling this dude overrated for a while and i'm he's definitely proving me right he he's been a touchdown machine last year, but this year he it's it's kind of crazy. He might actually lose his starting job. Who knows if it'll happen at some point in this game? Um, and don't sleep on the Broncos' run defense either. They they played pretty solid against the Texans. Um, it's kind of funny our run defense actually stepped up last week, but we still lost the game. Um, so I'm looking for our run defense to uh, you know have another back to back great showing. I, I just don't trust their, their rushing attack against ours. Um, they have one of the worst rushing offenses in the league actually. Um, I believe just nine. 97 rushing yards per game um as opposed to us we're like the 13th best rushing offense so um i like our i like our chances there yeah going back to the um i want to go to the offensive side of the ball real quick jordan you brought up a great thing with khalil mack he's leading the league in sacks leading the league in forced fumbles i expect them they're probably going to chip him a lot with Troutman, yep. majority like majority of the game no joey bosa so that's really the guy you got to worry about on the defensive line um outside of that i love our chances in this game the chargers it's going to be interesting to see what Sean Payton does. I don't think he's going to be as aggressive as he was with against the Texans, but I wouldn't be surprised. They have the second-worst pass defense in the league. They're terrible in the secondary. Sante Samuel, I think it's Dean Leonard and Michael Davis have not been great this year. So I do like our matchups. I'm pretty – I don't but I don't know how aggressive he's going to be because we saw what happened last week. I think he's going to tone it down just a little bit, keep that little – I don't think he's going to be the same level of aggressiveness, but I think it's going to be somewhat – about I'll say you're going to see about 70% of what you saw last week, but I think he'll tone it down a little bit. Um, but I, I I really like us all around on the board this game. I like us in almost every single matchup. I like – I mean, the Chargers are just not a good football team. This, this is pretty, they're, they're, they're a bad coach team. They've been pretty much bad all season long. They got some really bad losses and some really ugly wins. I think this is a game where you can go on the road and steal it, especially, like y'all said, it's going to be a home game because – uh, Charger fans don't show up so far, and right now I don't even blame them because the Chargers do not look good. So this probably could be a Broncos home game, and I fully expect us to win it. Yeah, great point. I mean, I don't know if the that fan Marianne Doe remember earlier in the season is yeah. going to show up there anymore, but who who knows at this point? But I am expecting. I mean, Broncos country showed out in Houston, so they're going to show out in LA. Um, in terms of the keys to victory, my second one. These are two special team uh, teams going at it. Chargers and Broncos are really good. So winning the special teams batters, battle is actually going to be very key in winning this game. And to pair that up, the Chargers do commit the fifth most penalties uh, in the league. So that is uh, – or fifth or less, I, I should say, fifth or less. So there's a little slim margin there with the Chargers. They don't, you know, really uh, – shoot themselves in the foot, I should say. 
So making sure we do our part and not shooting ourselves in the foot is going to be key because as bad as a coach team they are, they are disciplined in terms of penalties. Great point. That's a perfect intro to my point. I mean, this week, obviously, the biggest key to victory, I know what's the main reason we lost last week, is we got to play smart and limit these, the self-inflicted wounds this week. I mean, like I said last week, the first team to make a mistake and turn the ball over was probably going to lose the game just because yeah. the, the, the Texans don't really turn the ball over. They don't really make a lot of mistakes. And just like Jordan brought up, the Chargers are the sixth best team in the NFL with just one giveaway per game right behind the Houston Texans. So this is another week. I know the Chargers are back coach team i know they're dealing with a lot of issues over there um but they don't turn the ball over and they like jordan said they don't have a lot of penalties so at the end of the day the broncos i don't think they will i will get to our score predictions at the end but you cannot shoot yourself in the foot because this could very well turn into a way different game no matter how the matchups look on paper this could turn into a way different game just because it's a division game i know it you know the broncos country is going to show up but it is in los angeles i mean they we have to limit the self-inflicted wounds we really thought we had a good chance last week and look how it turned out because of the three turnovers so broncos they have to play smart this week I and mean, the broncos dropped to 18th in turnovers per game last week just unacceptable that's not that's not a statistic you want as a playoff contender. Yeah, I agree. And that's why uh, I talked about Sean Page being a little bit less aggressive because we saw him try to air it out. <laughs> it, it it went it, it just went awful. I mean, Russ didn't really make a lot of good decisions with the ball, and it unfortunately cost us the game. So I think he's going to dial it back a little bit. But I think you still have to be somewhat aggressive just because of how bad – how bad the defense is and i think he's i think they're finally seeing the film um on what's going on and guys being left open on the field so i think he's gonna try his best to improve it i'm not saying that it's gonna be fixed uh but him and russ talked a lot about it this week i don't know how i feel about it i think sean is gonna ultimately just dial it back just a bit but i don't think we're gonna see i mean that's that that's that's been rare for us this season three turnovers Three interceptions, all like on drives to take the lead. That's something that we haven't done all year. I think that's just – I don't think that's going to continue to happen, especially against the Chargers team, because I don't think their defense just isn't good enough to continuously make plays, especially in the back end. Because, I mean, I give a shout-out to the Texans. Their turnovers were, were also just their, – I mean, their takeaways were also like good plays by their players. I don't think the Chargers are going to be able – I don't think the Chargers are capable of doing that. I just don't. And, I mean, that's just a perfect segue – this is my third and last key to victory. And, man, this is going to sound so stupid, but the Broncos just don't do it. So I have to talk really? about it. Please just pass it to the wide-open receivers. Please. That is a key to victory. It might sound like a high school thing, but the Broncos haven't been doing it. And it's pretty bad. And I'm telling you, if we can just hit an open <laughs> receiver down the field – our chances of winning is going to be super, super big, Man. super high to winning a game. I mean, again, it sounds like I'm talking about like the University of Miami or something, like a college team. No, I'm talking about high a school. professional team. High school. Yeah. That's At this point, a high school team. team. Yeah. Yeah. That's Just hit the open guy, please. Especially against a Brandon Staley that defense. My God. People are going to be open. I'm just saying that. That's all. 100%. We've talked about it a lot on the show this week, like that it's holding this team back so much, so much. Like these games should not be this close. I even said after the Chiefs game, I know we won 24 to 9, but what did me, what were me and Jordan saying? We could have won this game by, we could have won that game by even more. 
even more. It could have been like a absolute ass whooping. Like it really could have. There's yeah. and there's several games like that where it should not have been a one possession win. Uh, you got to keep that same energy when the Broncos win and when they also lose, in my opinion. So Russ got to step it up this week, and I'm I'm expecting the Sean Payton to have a very very uh, a much more you know logical game plan going into this game because you you do see similarities with that banged up you know not even banged up but just a poor struggling secondary as opposed with uh, compared Houston and Los Angeles. So you you got to approach the game a little bit differently. Both are away games, both horrible secondaries. Both teams don't really turn the ball over much. If you think about it, I know the Texans are a much better team, but you it's kind of it's kind of like a, a similar matchup in test this week. So I think uh that's that's gotta be and I mean you're right. You gotta hit the open receivers this week. Yeah, I you know how I feel about that. Um it's just sad that we have to put that as a point of emphasis. Yeah. But um I heard you guys mention, I'm going to just say, you got to win the middle eight, especially on the road. You have to. And, and, and I'm not even talking about the, the last four minutes of the first half because the Broncos seem to be very solid on that part. Start, you're most likely going to get the ball back. Just this how the way the season been going. If you do get the ball back in the second half, do something with it. Like, I'm not saying go out there and just score a touchdown, but don't go three and out and punt it with multiple penalties or uh, um, you go six plays, punt, and the punt is shanked, and they get the ball at the, the 35 or the 40. Like, execute it well, and we got a shot because it just seems like every single game of the season almost, we do terrible in the middle eight. I mean, again, this is going to be another winnable <laughs> mid- middle eight. Who knows how it goes? Again, J-Mac does make a great point. We win the first four of the middle eight. It's just the last four. <laughs> Again, it goes back to my tweet as well. Like, I don't know what goes on with the third quarter script, and I know there was mention of it that like he, like he doesn't script the third quarter or something like that. Something along those lines. I, I may be uh, putting words into Payne's mouth, but so it was something along those lines. But, I mean, man, I, it looks like every single time coming out of halftime, the very first play is a run. I think it's becoming more and more predictable now. So I'm obviously not going to be telling the coaches what to do, but I think it might be time to, you know, just change it up a bit <laughs> and uh, maybe not have like Marvin Mims or Jerry Judy's second target of the game be in the third quarter. You know, maybe that should be like their fifth or sixth target and really get them going. Like things like that going to be key, but we'll see how it is. Winning the middle eight will just win this game completely. Yeah. So. I know uh, Sean Payne, he actually talked about uh, during his um, uh, one of his press conferences this week about how they're going to try to install some uh, different uh, scripts starting the third quarter. So that could uh, you could see a difference this week. Um, but yeah, like you like you mentioned, man, we have to at least put three on the board this week, opening up the third quarter. It just feels like it kills the entire momentum of the second half. It's, it's getting ridiculous. But um, yeah. that's this. Like I said, this is not what a playoff contender does. Yeah. And real quick. Um... At this point, if we win the toss, just receive it. Like, I'm all on board for really just receiving it because you do better just having the defense go out there on the first uh, possession of the second half than have the offense just based on how it looks. But I I, want to talk about one part of the offense. I don't know if you guys have realized it. I think the Broncos need to do better at disguising, when like, plays when when, uh, we run the ball. I don't know if you guys have noticed that they – I'm not saying it's a bad formation, but, like, they take out all the receivers on the run plays. Yes. And they put in, like, it, it's been going on for a while now. I just, I can't believe I never brought it up, but 
it's such a horrible disguise. And like every every Bronco fan was talking about it at the game. Like, why take out Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy, put in Lil Jordan Humphrey and uh Chris Manhurts, just one just one receiver wide, you're basically telling defense yeah. gonna run the ball. Eventually a team, even a team like the Chargers, is gonna come back on you. Like they're gonna realize, like, oh yeah, Corlin Sutton not in the game, they're running the ball. If Judy's if they're both not in the game, it's an automatic run. They gotta be better at disguising it. And I understand, yeah, you want guys out there that's best at uh, run blocking and everything like that, but you have to disguise it better because if you try to make a playoff push and, you, and say you do make the playoffs, oh, teams are going to come on now. Like, you can't do that. You can't just beat that predictable because that's what it is, predictable. They're like, well, Corlin Sun Judy on the sideline, obvious run. Like, you can at least have them in there and space them out wide as possible if that's the case and just try to run it up the middle or something, but you can't you can't do that, man, because they'll go little Jordan Humphrey, Burden, in the, uh, as the fullback, man hurts and Troutman all the year, and you're like, what? Like it's an obvious run. Like nobody, nobody's thinking Little Jordan Humphrey's gonna get the ball one on one on the outside. So yeah, they, to me, I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but that's just me. I, I see it every week, and I just <laughs> for whatever reason I forget to mention it always on here. But every week you just see Little Jordan Humphrey. Like the other week it was also David Sills and like both yeah. in the game, and like <laughs> I'm watching the game, I'm like we're running the ball. There's no way we're passing. With these guys, I mean, no offense, but I mean, we have Jerry Judy and Corner Sun on the sidelines. Like, we're probably (laughs) most likely going to run the ball. But, and I don't know why I keep forgetting to mention it, but I'm so happy you did because it is very telling when we're going to run it and when we're going to pass it, even though we do run it when Judy and Sun are still on the field. But you can tell at certain times, like how J Mac said, you know, they, you can tell (laughs) Javante or Jerry McLaughlin or P Ryan's getting the ball when, when those guys go in. And also, another thing about receiving the ball. We're the fifth best offense in the first quarter. So let's start receiving the ball more. I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you guys. And you got to do it, like you mentioned, you got to do a better job masking your personnel. And I'm kind of shocked that Champagne hasn't been the greatest with that. I do expect it to be improved. But like you said, man, I don't think I've ever seen a single time where Lil Jordan Humphrey and David Sills on the field and we decide to throw the ball. Like, <laughs> I, I I just think it's way too predictable. Way in, it's a good point, man. Good point. Love it. Um, So one of my last keys to victory that I want to talk about. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, li- limiting Keenan, Keenan Allen, um, but I feel like you really have to make it a focal point. I know PS2, I know, is going to be lined up against him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the guy leads the league in receptions with 102 this year. And I think any way possible that Kellen Moore, he's going to be trying to get Keenan Allen, try to you know get him isolated with maybe a Fabian Rowe rather than a PS2. Because, I mean, we saw Mike McDaniel do it a lot with Tyree Kill. Get him off PS2 as much as he could, motions, whatever it does. I know Kellen Moore doesn't do that as much as maybe a Mike McDaniel in, uh, in Miami. But I think they're going to do because they I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, being predictable. It's going to be pretty pr- predictable when you don't have a lot of reliable. I mean, Josh Palmer is literally out of this game. So they're going to be, you know, forcing the ball to, P- you know, Keenan Allen with any way that can get him off of PS2. So, I mean, the fact that the Chargers are the 25th best team when it comes to rushing yards per game, they're going to really try to make at five and seven. They're going to really try to, you know, make Keenan Allen win this game. So I think if any way possible, let's say they do get Keenan Allen off of PS2 at times. I feel like you got to maybe, you know, give him a little bit of a doubling with, I don't know who maybe PJ Locke or Jaquan Mabillon give some help. Like if anything, make, 
make a different receiver beat us. I, whoever Jalen Guyton, whoever it is, make someone else beat us. Because I think Keenan Allen, man, at this age, it's ridiculous what he's doing. He, he's he's insane to be honest. But you got you got to respect Keenan Allen. Yeah, I agree. And Josh, the Josh Palmer injury is huge because he's been Herbert's like second go-to guy, like since Mike Williams has been out. So I mean, this is that's a big loss for them. Quentin Johnson. I don't – I mean, hopefully it's not a Quentin Johnson breakout game, but I honestly doubt it. He's been – I mean, I, I kind of feel bad for the guy the season that he's had. It's all mental mistakes. But, yeah, I agree with you with Keenan Allen. I think you're going to see – you might see a lot more man coverage than we usually run this game because we're – I like the matchups that we have. Um, yeah, you you probably will they, – they're going to try to move Keenan Allen around a lot. They're going to try to put him in the slot. I know that for sure. Yeah. They're going to try to line him up away from PS2 as much as they can. They're going to try to get McMillan on them. Um, and Fabian Monroe, they're going to move him around constantly. You're going to see a lot of him movement, like, you know, how they motion him all over the field. They're going to be doing that a lot just to try to get him open. But I think it's going to be hard for her, but I think he's going to try to go to other guys like Everett and Guyton. But I feel like he, they're going to really struggle. I mean, I, I I went back and watched some of the game last week. And, yeah, Quentin Johnson dropped some passes too, but – the offense was really non-existent, and the Patriots kind of show like if you're able to chip away and take away Keenan Allen, like Herbert doesn't really have anybody else to get the ball to. And like I said, Austin Eckler has just been—he has not been himself this season. This season has been a really—it's been a really down year for him. I think he's averaging what three yards, two and a half yards of carry, or something like that. It's—it's yeah, it's really bad. In receiving wise, he's not the same guy. He's having I, – I don't know. Look, hey, man, I said it best. Any guy – if any guy's dropping passes and fumbling, it's like a disease for NFL teams. Quentin Johnson started dropping the ball. You see Austin Eckman start dropping the ball and fumbling. It's a disease. So, I man, the whole Keenan Allen thing, I'm really loving our chances because him and PS2 always go at it. I give them that. Like, it's never just a zero for zero or one for, like, 15 like PS2 usually does. Uh, Keenan Allen usually gets a little bit more than that, but – I'm really loving our chances, man, because this offense is banged up, and I'm loving it. I mean, I'll always defend wide receivers first, but Quentin Johnson is a first-round pick for a reason, so he is talented, but it's been hard trying to defend what he's been doing uh, this season as a rookie. Again, his quarterback is Herbert, so he's getting the ball perfectly placed, and he's still dropping the ball. So, again, hard to defend it, but, again, I, I would not be surprised if – for some, I mean, because it happens <laughs> to the Broncos. I would yeah, not be if he breaks out this game. I wouldn't. He he's due. He's talented enough to have that type of game. He's a first round pick for a reason. But just because how the season's been going, I don't know if it's going to be this game because I like our secondary against the receivers. So I like that matchup going into this game. Yeah, yeah. Th that's why Fabian Rowe and uh, Jaquan Millen they need to have uh, big games this week. You can't really allow for it's the only life that they really have left in their offense. I mean, you look at last week, six points are just that's not even Nathaniel Hackett could you know put out that much of an embarrassment on television. So like, if they're gonna have any, if they're gonna have any chances of winning this game, it's going to get someone with some potential involved and, you know, helping them win this game. Cause I just don't see Keenan Allen. If they can maybe get him off of PS2 a lot, which I'm sure I'm, I'm excited to see how Vance Joseph, uh, you know, uses his personnel and everything, but I like our chances just like you guys talked about. Um, also for, uh, when it comes to, uh, throwing the ball, staying on the Broncos side, their last key to victory, I think, just like J-Mac brought up, and we'll wrap this up quickly, I feel like you got to, despite, I'm not saying throw the ball 50 yards down the field, start throwing up haymakers like Russ was doing last week to Derek Stingley, but 
I feel like you do have to take advantage of this uh, this poor secondary. I mean, it's pretty simple. They're one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. I mean, they're it's similar to the Houston game, except they're literally one of the worst. They're literally, in fact, they're one yard away from being worse than <laughs> the Washington Commanders. And if you guys don't know, the Commanders secondary is just oh my atrocious. God, the Commanders secondary is, is, is one of the worst I've ever seen. Jesus I mean, Christ. they thought... They thought Tyreek Hill was still playing for the Chiefs last week. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, nah, um, they were – man, he had – Tyreek had 30 fantasy points in the first quarter. I said, oh, my God, this is, this is horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Jerry, Judy, it's going to be Michael Davis on him. Wait, is it going to be Michael Davis? <laughs> Where's Michael Davis hurt? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Michael Davis got benched. So, it's going to be uh, Jasir Taylor. It's going to be the guy that's going to be on Jerry, Judy. Uh, this game, because or once again another favorable favorable one, matchup. and and if they're gonna put Asante on Corlin Sutton, that's a size mismatch made in heaven for the Broncos. I think Asante is a uh, was it five eleven? He's five ten. Corlin Sutton six four. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what they want to do. They've been playing a lot of saying Bassey too. The matchups are just yeah. all over the all across the board are just win wins for the Broncos. This is a game where. Like I said in the last episode, this is a game where you can you have to unlock the offense has to unleash one of these games where they just put a dominant performance up. This is the game you kind of have to do it. It's a banged up secondary. They're one of the worst in the league. You got to get it going. And like Jordan said too, and like like we've all been saying the whole season, hit the open guy. Cause I'm telling you, it's gonna be the same thing. Jerry Judy's gonna be open. It's just gonna be like he's gonna be open. You're gonna have mismatches with Marvin Mims. Are you gonna be able to execute it? And Russ has to be able to look down his reads instead of just checking down Sutton or the back. Like, yeah, and he should have checked the back down last week, but stop eyeing down Sutton and look at other guys because sometimes Sutton will run around and it's it's creating Judy wide open and Russ doesn't see it. But I'm I'm they they talked a lot about it this week. I was surprised by it. Um Bronco fans made that like a big issue. So Sean Payton and Russ finally saw it. Thank you, Jordan, um, for that. So Sean Payton and finally saw it. So hopefully you see a change. Hopefully you see a, a Russ actually look at number ten. Um, that's just that's got to be the the main off the the main thing of offense. I'm not saying like I said earlier, dial it back, make it about seventy percent of what it was last week. But man, guys are going to be wide open this week in the. Just get 10 the ball. That's all I'm saying. You got to get 10 the ball this week. You saw what he did to the Chargers the end of the last year. Give 10 the ball. I mean, every, I think everyone knows my stance on this. So I think I mean, <laughs> we can move this forward. Offensive player of the game predictions. Great segue. <clears throat> Guys, go ahead. Throw the tomatoes at me. I don't care. I'm picking Jerry Judy. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I'm picking Jerry Judy to have a phenomenal game. I like I like what he did against them last year. I think after all the criticism and the damn you know stuff that Sean Payton made you know made it you know super public to the media, this is the first time where he actually you know the comments that he made. A shout out to Sarah Benninger who posted it from his conference call. He was very very stern and pissed off, quite frankly, at Russell Wilson for missing you know Jerry Judy on multiple occasions for deep touchdowns. I think this is the week where Russ actually decides to make his first read. The guy who has lead, basically is like top five in the NFL in separation. I think this, I don't know. It's just, a, it's, I know it's probably a wild prediction, but I'm going to go ahead and, you know, shoot for the stars and say Jerry Judy gets offensive player of the game in this game. You, like J Max said, five catches, 154 yards last year against them. They're even more beat up in their secondary now. Bro, take advantage, please. 
Yeah, I would agree with you, but I just I have to see it to believe it. And uh, it's been like that way kind of all year. So <laughs> I'm not going to go with Judy. I'm going to go. And I this one was kind of hard. I'm going to just stick with it. I'm going to go Javante. I think this is a game where, like I said, I think they're going to dial it back a bit. I think they're going to run the football more than – I don't want to say more than they throw it. Of course not. But I think it's going to be a game where I can see Javante really – I think Sean Payton might go back a little bit to how they were during the – the winning streak and chewing a lot of clock, get the lead, uh, just using the backs a lot. I think Javante's due for one of those 100-yard games, and I think this could be the game. So I'm going to go Javante. I'm going to be picking a player that – I mean, again, I haven't picked a playmaker in what, since week six? You know, it's what, week 14 now? I don't blame you. I think it's time to switch it up. I think I'm doing my offensive line picks, at least for this game. And I hate myself for doing it, but – I don't know. I just feel like it's something's gonna happen this week. I'm gonna go with Jerry Judy. I yeah. it, a, it it pains me to say it just because I probably know what's gonna happen on Sunday. But I will say this. I know he might not get the ball because that's what's been happening for four years straight now. But I will say in terms of him being the player of the game, he will be running wide open. Like he's gonna have really good routes, he's gonna create really good separation. And he's going to get guys open. For example, he would be getting sent open with, you know, some distracting patterns or whatever you want to call them. Uh, he would be doing a lot of the little things that he's been doing uh, the last few weeks. So if it doesn't show up on the box score, he's still one of the players of the game just because of the other things that he does. So I'm just off of that, I'll be picking my guy, Jerry Judy, to be the offensive player of the game. I think this is the first time I choose him since, like, I think week three or week four, which is pretty absurd. And I would say this, and, man, I'm going to catch some heat for this. If Jerry Drew is running wide open again, like, when I'm telling wide open, like, if he, if there's another clip that's very similar to the Texans, there's three to four of that more against the Chargers. There might be a change. And I'll leave that at that. Wow. Um... Yeah, I I think it's like it's like with PS2. It's we we never pick him for defensive player of the game because, I mean, the guy he doesn't stack up the stack sheet the stat sheet, but he's always doing all the you know the 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 technique and all the little dirty work in the secondary that helps us win games. So that's why we never pick PS2. He doesn't have two picks per game like you see a Deron Bland, but he still is the best corner in the league, and it's very quiet on the stat sheet, and that's like Jerry Judy. I mean, he could be put, arguably player of the game every week because he runs butt naked wide open every play, but um, I, I think he's actually going to do something. I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a gut feeling. Russ, he kind of picked up his confidence uh, in that Week 18 game last year against Brandon Staley's defense. Maybe he uh, he resumes. Who knows? Um, that's just a, kind of a wild prediction, but uh, defensive player of the game. I'm going to go ahead and go with the guy. I don't think I picked a single time this year. I'm going to go with Josie Jewell. Just another weird feeling. I think he uh, thinks going to have a good game. Uh, that's that, that's a surprise. I didn't I, I didn't think he was going to go with him. Um, Love Josie. Look, I always go with PS2. I'm going to kind of change it up this week. I'm going to go with PJ Locke. I think PJ is going to continue to show out. I think this is a huge game for the safeties because Herbert's going to probably try to attack the middle of the field a lot. With Parnum and uh, Gerald Everett, especially with the receivers being out, um, I'm gonna go PJ Lock. I mean, he's always found a way to make plays, whether that be they putting him on the blitz or in coverage. He's always found a way to make plays. So I think it's about time I go with PJ Lock. I think PJ Lock does great on the road. 
I'm gonna be going with Alex Singleton. I know a lot. Of, there's a lot of mixed feelings with him uh, in Broncos country. I think he's been having an average to good year. If I'm being quite honest, I think there's a lot of people that have been, you know, kind of crapping on him as of late, especially just because of that dumb uh, penalty. But still, I think he's been having a somewhat of a good year, and I think he has a good game against the Chargers. Like it, like it. Score predictions. I'll go and start off. I think Broncos. This is one of the more confident games I've felt about in a while. I just I don't see the Broncos dropping two in a row. I really don't. Um, even you know, especially being a SoFi, no Broncos country is going to show up. I think they get their first W in SoFi Stadium. I got the Broncos twenty-one to thirteen. I think hmm. the Chargers are going to continue with their offensive woes. Wow, that's really close to mine. I'm gonna go 23 uh, 13 Broncos win this one. Um, I think this is the offense. Like I said, I I I think it's the game where they're gonna they should be able to unleash, but you never know. You just never know. Um, but so I'm gonna keep it 23 13 just to be safe. I think the defense goes out there and does their job, and I think the offense puts up enough points. It's gonna be one of those games like last year that the Broncos should have won, but this year we're able to take a you know take advantage of it and win it. So 23 13 Broncos. Uh, it looks like I will be having the highest score out of them all. I do think the Broncos win. I think this is a total mismatch mismatch between Sean Payne and Brandon Staley. I think <laughs> that is going to be uh, taken advantage of. Uh, I would say Broncos win 27-10. And I would even say on Monday morning, Brandon Staley would not be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> I like that reference to uh, Tremont Smith. Good way to cap off the show. Um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, please, please hit the like button, subscribe, help us get to 2,000 subscribers. Um, please comment down below as well. Turn notifications on so you guys never miss an episode, and you guys are always the first here to our premieres. Um, I love always reading your guys' comments and seeing the guy, you guys chilling out in the uh, in the YouTube premieres with the episodes. It's always cool. Um, and I hope you guys had a great uh, great week, man. I hope everybody, uh, you know, I know I don't we don't you know, talk a lot about, you know, all you guys specifically, but I hope everybody is doing well mentally. Um, obviously Broncos Texans loss was rough, but man, please hang out and, you know, stick with us. We're going to continue coming at you guys with these episodes and trying to give you guys some optimism. Like, you know, me and J Max said, I'm sure Jordan agrees. I think we are making the playoffs. I genuinely do believe it. Um, especially seeing the Steelers, they're definitely not making the playoffs 1000%. I don't think the Browns will either. So um, plenty more episodes to come. And I breaking down that breaking that down. Um, but with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys, uh, if you guys are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, please show the support over there as well. But I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, J-Mac and Jordan. So the next one, peace out, everybody. Peace out. Peace.